we are back for the emergency goalies. And uh, a little bit later than normal. We were uh, a couple days late from when we were planning on recording this, but, you know, stuff happens. So it was a pretty yeah. good week for the Blackhawks. I mean, yeah, the- yeah. that's all you can ask for there. Exactly. Yeah. It turned out, turned out okay that I ended up getting sick earlier this week and we got to watch one more game before we recorded because it was a fun game. Yes, it was. It was a victory and high scoring victory, but you know, probably their best game that they played out of the four was the one they lost to um, Columbus. That was the goalie win. Yeah, absolutely. That was a a game where the Blackhawks, uh, I wouldn't say dominated the play, but they certainly carried the majority of the game uh, possession-wise. They did a good job defensively, one of their best defensive efforts of of the year, I'd say, probably of the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, and you know, and Kevin Lankinen was good in the game, but uh, Jonas Corposalo was awesome and he absolutely stole that game for them so yeah but uh you know it it wasn't the only well-played game that the Blackhawks had no no but you know but yeah like you said I I do think it probably was their best their best effort maybe of the season so I guess I'll just I mean obviously Kevin Lincoln has really emerged now really playing well but I'll just ask in General, what were some of the things you liked about this improved play? Well, uh, to me, they're just, they're competing a lot harder than they have the last couple of years. Um, You know, some of it's the uh, new personnel this year who have a little bit more of a a 200 foot mindset, but also it's, you know, some of the young players seem to be, you know, pretty excited and they move their feet a little better. And so we're seeing the Blackhawks competing uh, all over the ice in, in ways that we just haven't seen the last few years. Uh, you know, we've talked about it multiple times that the Blackhawks, you know, aren't, haven't been a very good skating team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on top of that, they were, you know, also relatively small, well, actually really small in comparison to the rest of the league. Yes. And I think we're seeing at least part of that change. Uh, you know, they, they do have a few bigger players that will, you know, can, can win some board battles, that sort of thing. But really, I think what we're seeing is we're getting a few more guys that can skate and that not only can they skate, but they're willing to for check they're willing to back check to they're, willing, for yeah. they're willing to yeah they're just they're committed to playing winning hockey and it seems like colleton is doing a pretty good job of motivating them to do that and you know they're still giving up chances um some of that is the fault of veteran players but you know also some of it is the fault of uh you know just rookie mistakes young mm-hmm. player mistakes that you can live with and yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm happy to say that the Blackhawks are kind of playing professional 
an NHL caliber hockey now. They're not just falling back on Patrick Kane and the, you know, the, the five or six really, really skilled players and asking them to bail out the team. Yeah. Um, And they're, they're playing a more structured, more complete Mm -hmm. hockey. And I love to see it. Um, And it's the sort of thing where if you can get all these players to buy in when you do get a Kirby doc back and you Mm -hmm. do get a Jonathan Taves back, then the play will take off. You hope, yeah, you add a few more extra skill guys in there. And yeah, the, you know, you go from being a team that, you know, gets uh, their fair share of loser points to a team that can win some games and win them in regulation. So that's what I'm hopeful for is, yeah. I mean, you know, and the other thing is some of these games, they were literally missing 10 players. Yeah, they were. Between the COVID list and the injured list. And you know, you look at, with such an undermanned right. team, yeah. Right. I mean, you, two years ago, they couldn't even compete with the twenty guys that they were starting. Now you're 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 talking about, you know, they're bringing in their twenty eighth, twenty ninth, thirtieth guy, mm-hmm. and they're still able to compete with these teams, and that's a very good sign that they've they've built far better depth than they've had in a long time. Um, you know, I, I think when we started this podcast. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, I honestly think the Blackhawks at that time probably had about nine NHL caliber forwards. Yeah, we, you we know, talked now, about that a lot. Yeah, I mean, oh, now you're looking at it. I, I mean, I think they legitimately have probably 15 guys that I wouldn't mind inserting into a lineup. And that's, that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, and also, the other thing that's been nice is some of the young defensemen are starting to yes. show some stuff. Um, you know, Boquist has been out on the COVID list, which has been unfortunate, but I think we kind of seen, you know, his, his play still kind of up and down. He, he's, he hasn't quite taken that next step mm-hmm. yet, but uh, yeah, Nicholas, Baudin, Nicholas Baudin has stepped in for him in these last couple mm-hmm. of weeks, and I, I'm really liking what I've seen from him. Uh, he was a guy um, last year who was kind of in that same mode of Boquist where he wasn't quite fast enough or strong enough to, to kind of handle NHL caliber, you know, veteran NHL players. Uh, and he seems to have kind of taken that next step physically where, you know, he's still undersized, but he's not getting thrown around and he's not getting beat to the outside, you know. And so that's a very good sign. And he's a guy that I, I really like the patience that he has mm-hmm. with the puck. I like the decisions that he makes most of the time. You know, like in the last game, he did have a couple of plays where he committed some turnovers, but it was aggressive turnover, you know, aggressive yeah, play that was, see. yeah, yeah. You know, it wasn't hesitant plays. So that was a, that's a very good sign. Um, Ian Mitchell's getting a chance to play with Duncan Keith quite a bit, uh, which is nice to see. Uh, we're still seeing some up and down in his game as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's also kind of in that same, uh, mold where he's getting pushed around at times and he's also getting surprised by speed. So there's a few things where, you know, he's still kind of adjusting to, to NHL caliber size and speed. Uh, yeah. And especially against a team like Carolina, that's yeah, a lot of yeah. speed. 
but I do see with him, he is making good decisions with the puck a lot. Um, you know, he, he's a smart player. We're just, I, he's just kind of, like I said, he's still in a little bit of an adjustment period. And I think he probably needs another season before he gets a little stronger and uh, before we can really see his play take off, but good, good, you know, positive signs in the early going. And uh, yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're playing a pretty well-structured defense. Yeah. They're still giving up a fair decent, you know, a fair yeah, amount of shots. But a lot of them are from the outside now. We're not seeing near the number of shots, you know, from yeah, five, ten feet. Prime chances, yeah. Right, yeah. We're not seeing the slot shots, and that's that's the big thing. And I think that's been, uh, you know, a huge help in letting Lankin and settle in, um, you know, because those first handful of games against Tampa Bay and Florida, when the other goalies were playing, mm-hmm. uh, I mean you know, they didn't play well, but mm-hmm. they were also not getting. Yeah. They're getting uh, left help. out to dry. Yeah. They, they were not getting help from their, from the defenseman in the center at that, at that time, but we're starting to see that get cleaned up. So that's, that's really good. Um, and yeah, I mean, well, I was gonna, the, other the other thing, thing I was going to add, yeah. Oh, I was going to um, add is um, these young guys on offense, Kurashev mm-hmm. and, Suter, they're really coming into their own. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing that's helping the Blackhawks uh, stay in these games with so many people out has been the power play. Um, The power play has just been absolutely deadly um, in pretty much every game. I think there's maybe one or two games where you could say they struggled a little bit, but the rest of the time, boy, they're possessing the puck. They're getting zone entries. They're getting good shots off. They're getting traffic in front of the net. They're getting cross-ice passes to set up one-timers and tap-ins. They're really doing it all. And um, it's been both units, which, again, speaks to the depth that they're starting to build, you know, that even without, you know, a Kirby Doc and a Jonathan Taves, who would be on the first power play unit, uh, you know, those two guys out, you just, they've inserted Strom and Shaw into those two spots and, you know, the first power play unit, uh, you know, has had a little bit of inconsistency, but they're scoring at a pretty good pace. And then the second power play unit has been really good the last, uh, well, they they were really good kind of early and then they went into a little Mm -hmm. bit of a slump. Um, but uh, now they're doing uh, it again. Yeah, they're picking it back up. Dominic Kubalik, um, you know, mm-hmm. obviously he's got the the huge shot, which is always I mean, that shot that he um cranked up the last game. Mm-hmm. That was an insane shot. That was that was a I mean so hard. Freaking missile. And yeah, but I think a really underrated part of his game. Uh, so far this year has been his ability to make some passes. Uh, I, we saw it in flashes last year, but he was definitely way more of a, year, yeah. a shoot first guy. But this year he's he's starting to turn into a bit of a playmaker. And, you know, it, it's still not, he's not the type of guy that's going to create a lot of offense five on five. He's not a pass first yeah, but when you get him on the power play, he's he's mm-hmm. when you give him a little more time and space, boy, is he deadly. And I think he's a guy 
that once they get their top centers back next year, he could really take another step forward because he's going to have somebody that can kind of do a little bit more puck carrying and create space for him in the offensive zone when it's five on five. And that's, that's, I'm excited to see where that goes. And then, yeah, like you said, uh, Philip Kurashev um, uh, was playing well enough where he got promoted to first line center to get to Mm -hmm. play with Patrick Kane. Now that, uh, they backed off from that in the last they did game. a little bit yeah um part of that you know he did he i think he had the least amount of ice time of anybody um in the last game although i don't really think that was reflective of his play it was just a game with a lot of power plays and penalty kills mm-hmm. and as a guy that's on the, only on the second power play unit and then not on the penalty kill at all uh his, his opportunities yeah, were kind of limited and because yeah they they bumped him down to basically second line wing mm-hmm. um, and moved Suter back up with Patrick Kane but yeah I mean they they, they got to be pretty happy with both of those guys I mean they mm-hmm. both had a little bit of ups and downs Kershev's been actually probably the more consistent player um, mm-hmm. Suter got off to a hot start kind of faded a few games for a few games he has big but, games and then yeah kind of He's kind of disappeared a couple of times, but mm-hmm. I really liked in the last couple of games, even though I think he maybe only had like one point maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but he started uh, going uh, to the dirty areas again, which was something that he was doing early. And I think he kind of stopped doing that a little bit, but starting to starting to pick that back up again. So I'm hopeful we'll start seeing him score a little bit more again. And hmm. Trying to think, I, I mean, that, that's the major points anyway. I'm just, I'm well, really happy with the way they're playing. To, um, a theme that we touched on in our last episode, Brandon Hagel can continue to play a well, the yeah, he's, defense. He's a he's a tremendous energy player. Um, I, I really think uh, he's been a motivating factor for the for the team. I think. Uh, the other players are seeing his effort and it's maybe driving them to kind of put forth the same amount of pressure on the puck that he presents both on the forecheck and the back check. Um, you know, really the only thing that's holding him back at this point is uh, he's not scoring, <laughs> yeah. you know, for, for all the possession that he's been driving and, you know, I'm certainly not complaining about him. Uh, creating turnovers and flipping the ice in the Blackhawks favor. No. But at some point you have to score. Yeah. One of those breakaways, you know, you know, I mean, everybody keeps saying, Oh, why isn't Brandon Hagel getting moved up to a scoring line? Well, he's not scoring. And yeah, uh, until he shows he can score a little bit, um, you know, uh, it's, he's got to start earning that. And yeah. As um, Eddie Olchek always says, if you're getting chances, they usually eventually start going in. Right. Yeah, I do think he is a little snake snake bitten. I'm not I'm not overly concerned, but mm-hmm. he's also a guy, you know, he's not generating a ton of shots. He's mm-hmm. he's creating turnovers, he's creating possession. He's set up a few guys here and there. Mm-hmm. But and, and you know, and part of it is a factor of, you know, the guys he's playing with. I mean, Early on, he set up Ryan Carpenter yeah, yeah. for several just prime scoring that chances that Carpenter score, yeah. couldn't 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 put in. 
you know, David Camp isn't exactly a finisher either, but. But there's also, um, he's also just, he's very good in the role he's in right now. Yes, absolutely. I mean, he's, 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 I, I, I have no issue with him staying in the lineup. I want him playing every game. Um, but yeah, until he starts actually scoring a few, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with him staying in a fourth line, maybe, maybe third line role. They have bumped him up to the third line mm-hmm. the last couple of games. And I, I don't have an issue with that, but um, he's not going to get an opportunity to play with Patrick Kane or somebody like that until he actually yeah. starts scoring some, you know, I mean, it, it, it's sort of like uh, Dylan Sakura, mm-hmm. um, you know, a few years ago where he actually got opportunities to play with Jonathan Taves, but, but he and couldn't score. Yeah. Couldn't score. I mean, you know, the, he was making some nice plays. He was even playing a little better defense than we were told he would. But, you know, you play 33 games or whatever it was he played that year and did not score a goal. Uh, yeah. you, you, you just don't have, you know, you're not making enough of an impact out on the ice. And, uh, you know, for the first 10 games of his career, Brandon Hagel is certainly creating things, but mm-hmm you got to take that next step from creating to finishing. So I'm hopeful. I'm, I, I do think he has what it takes to maybe be a third line guy in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe, yeah, if, he, know, if he keeps playing yeah. like he did last game, he will score. That's, that's what I'm hopeful for. So, but yeah, uh, uh, you know, like I said, the big thing for him though, uh, I think, I think his example has, has been very good for the team. Yes. Um, you know, we're, we're starting to see, uh, I mean, even in the last game, I saw Patrick Kane forechecking and backchecking a little bit. I was like, Crazy. where did this come from? Yeah, um, like, that's that's not something we see yeah, from Kane, him very often. Kane and Kubelik were both yes. backchecking. And you're like, okay. Right, right. Uh, that's uh, That was definitely not something that, you know, uh, we see it a little more often from Kubelik than we do from mm-hmm. Kane. But, uh, you know, Kubli, uh, uh, Debrinket the last couple of games that yeah. he's been he's been he doing it too people. and and being yeah. very effective at it and so that's a very good sign because um, yeah that's you know when you got your your 30 40 goal scorers mm-hmm. uh, contributing in those facets of the game uh, that's that's when your team can kind of uh, take another step uh, mm-hmm. that's that's what's going to keep you from losing you know 75% of your games. Uh, that's why we're seeing them, you know, be around a 500 club mm-hmm. um, with so much personnel out is because the personnel that they do have out there cares and is willing to do everything that they need to do. And this is the first time in a long time that we've seen the Blackhawks do that really probably since 20, if I'm going to be generous, I'm going to say 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, honestly, it's probably been more like 2015, really, since we've mm-hmm. seen that. Um, they've, they've really struggled in that facet uh, since their last cup, where some of the old, some of the veteran guys kind of lost a step, and I think maybe lost a little bit of motivation. Yes, yes. And the younger guys that they had come in just weren't the right type of guys to fill those roles, and some of the veterans that they brought in were just kind of too slow to mm-hmm. fill those roles. Um, but now all these young players, they have fresh legs and they're still not a fast team. No, I no. mean, uh, Hagel's probably their fastest skater now. And he's, he's, he's pretty darn quick, but um, you know, like. They're still not a fast. 
you know, oh, Carolina yeah. is a fast team. Yes. And with both of those teams out on the ice the last couple of games, I think you still see that Carolina has an advantage in that. But with the effort that the Blackhawks are were playing with, they were closing out some of those opportunities. And yeah, I mean, that that's how you neutralize, you neutralize speed with effort. And uh, their Blackhawks, at least at this point, are putting in the effort. So that's... Yeah. It's a really positive sign, and it's and it's a, uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I think it's a, a good a good a good look for Colleton that yes. he's able to get this type of effort out of both uh, young players and veterans for a coach to get by in. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, well, we'll just uh, try to be back earlier next week, so we'll yeah. just cover the one series against the stars and yes. of course they were in the finals last year so stars and they are off to a hot start this year they are scoring a ton of goals so this should be some entertaining hockey between two high scoring teams so i'm looking forward to it now, right. it, it it is the first uh, the blackhawks first road game in a while mm-hmm. they've they've had a little bit of an extended homestand here so I'm kind of curious to see if the Hawks can kind of take this momentum that they've built at home and bring it out on the road. But yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to these games. Um, I'm, uh, it's probably sad to say, but I'm more excited to watch the Blackhawks game on Sunday than I am to watch the Super Bowl. Yep. Well, I, I think I am too. So yeah. <laughs> All right. So I um, don't think we have much else to say. No, uh, we like the way the Black Ops are playing. playing. Yeah, yeah, go Hawks, man! So as always, I am sth85 on Twitter, Michael, MJ underscore Ernst, and you can subscribe to the podcast on the Apple Podcast app. And yeah, until our next episode, go Hawks! <laughs>